Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Panthers Monday tonight. The Carolina Panthers will take aim at the New Orleans Saints at the bank. So uh, we've been gauging the excitement today from the fans on the text line. Keep them coming. 704-570-9610. But it does sound very, very uh, bleak if you let the fans tell it right now. So uh, we'll see, though. Keep the text coming. Hit those follow buttons on social media, mainly the Wesson Walker show page on Twitter. We'll leave it at that for now, man. Just go hit the follow button there. Check out the content that we put there for you uh, each and every day. And now it is time to go to the campus corner. Alright, we talked about it just a little bit, but uh, Colorado Buffaloes, I made it till near, near the fourth quarter, but I couldn't fight the good fight. They win 43-35 over Colorado State in a game that was vicious, nasty, contentious, but a spectacle all in the same breath. Lil Wayne led the Buffaloes out of the tunnel. The Rockets on the sideline. Offset is doing interviews mm. from the Migos, promoting singles on the sideline. It was like Los Angeles, the Lakers in their heyday uh, out there in Boulder, Colorado. Shador Sanders goes 348, four touchdowns, led the game winning drive to get them two overtime and then won the game for the Buffaloes. And uh, this is just becoming one of the great stories. I was telling one of my friends, I said, man, I don't know that I've ever been excited by anything in college football as much as I am with this. It's just a breath of fresh air, what it's going to mean for the game and just what he's going to do to college football, man. If they keep their winning ways going, he's flipped college football on his head in a way that's going to be unrivaled. We talked about this, the TV ratings for this program. I heard on the 60 Minutes report, they said that merchandise sales are up 800%. The transfer portal, he's going to rule the transfer portal. Every kid in America is going to want to go and play for Coach Prime. This has just been fantastic when we get caught up, as I've said from the beginning, every year the same teams in the college football playoffs, though I enjoy it. And then you get one surprise team every now and again. But this is definitely the shot in the arm that college football needs. It has them in the national consciousness. Everybody's talking about it every single week. The tickets, everything you want to say, man. So with that said, Walker, did you enjoy the game this weekend? And just your thoughts uh, to reiterate on Colorado football. Well, I'm going to have to keep it a buck with you. Did not watch this game, certainly (laughs) in its entirety. I was watching other things, and then it was a long weekend for me, so I was not about to stay. You said that game Wait, the game was on and you were watching other stuff? Well, I was probably sleeping, to be honest with you. I was watching things. Clown show. Yeah, that's fine. (laughs) I will do that. It was a very busy weekend for me, but I did catch it at the end or afterwards. And yeah, it was, I I mean, it was crazy exciting. Here's my problem. Travis Hunter goes down with this injury. We know Mm -hmm. about the cheap shot. We can talk about that a little bit more. But they've got a tough schedule coming up. And so now I wonder, all right, there's a lot of winning going on with Colorado. 
they beat up on TCU, who doesn't have a good defense. They were able to separate themselves in the second half against Nebraska. They beat Colorado State. So this has been extremely fun to watch. But now I wonder if they take a step back because of some of these other opponents that they have here, Wes missing one of the best players it's the other one outside of Shador Sanders and Travis Hunter even though a Shiloh steps up really cool to see him what do you make of Colorado's upcoming schedule and whether this thing is going to last as far as the type of popularity they have right now the thing I will say when you look at Colorado man is I think that the way Dion coaches his kids uh, I think when you and I, and I talk about it all the time when I watch the Amazon program that they had with Jackson State he coaches them in an old school way that has those kids really playing football with accountability. It has them playing football with a with a fear of their coach, a healthy fear of their coach. Like, hey, I need to get out here and make sure I'm doing what I'm doing. Assignment sound football so that coach is not on my behind. And so I think when you factor that in, I feel like this team is going to be in a lot of games. They have one of the best players in the country in Shador Sanders. And when you look at losing Travis Hunter, of course it's going to hurt them. But this is a guy that spreads the football around, okay? You're talking about Travis Hunter, second on the team currently with 14 catches, but he's not even the leading receiver on this team. That's Xavier Weaver, who has 16 catches for 288 yards. Then you have Jimmy Horn Jr. that's got 19 catches for 181 yards. And then Dylan Edwards is also a threat coming out of the backfield, so I feel like he will be missed. But Shadour, to me, is a lemonade quarterback to where he will take any of the lemons you give him and make lemonade. He's not a guy that needs to play with four- and five-star receivers. He proved out with what he did at Jackson State. He's proving it now at Colorado. He can do it at any level you want to do it. So I think that they will be just fine. And so that's the interesting part. These games are going to be a lot of fun. Do I think they run the gauntlet? No. But I think they're going to win their share of games. And I'll be frank. I think this team has potential to really go far. I think they have New Year's Six bowl game potential, maybe even college football playoff potential, but we'll see. Yeah, Oregon on the road, USC right after that, Arizona State, Stanford, but then it's UCLA ranked in the top 25 right now as well as Oregon State before they finish up with a couple of ranked teams at the end because the Pac-12 is actually playing well as a conference before Mm -hmm. it ceases to exist after what we're going to see from these last stands from some of these Pac-12 teams. So, yeah, unfortunate that the conference is going out like this, but it is going to make for an interesting year, at least while it does exist. All right, when we go look at the landscape of college football around the state of North Carolina, the Tar Heels beat Minnesota. Duke trounced Northwestern at home. Wake Forest had to come back from 17 down to beat Old Dominion on the road. NC State got a blowout win over VMI expectedly. So when you look at it, and then the Charlotte 49ers took a tough, tough loss to Georgia State. But when you look at the local teams around here, especially when you're talking ACC, Power 5, etc., who do you think is the best team in North Carolina right now after three games? Yeah, I'm not going to change my answer from last week. It's it's still the Duke Blue Devils to me. They have still the best win. Well, yeah, we had asked what was the second best team in the ACC, but this is best in the state. Go ahead. And I'll, I'll yes. Let's go. I just wanted to make sure you didn't, the, the 
Texas or the listeners didn't think we were asking the same well, question. Well, no, I went Duke within the ACC. I'll, I'll go Duke with the best team in the Carolinas. I, I think after the way that they were able to cruise by Northwestern with no problem, Riley Leonard with close to 100 yards rushing, but also a couple of rushing touchdowns, and you have him being able to throw the ball to a Calhoun who also went for over 100. There's nothing to keep me away from saying Duke is the best team in the Carolinas. UNC struggled with App State Week 2. I do like the way they were able to perform against Minnesota for the most part. Ugly interceptions. We'll get to a Drake May conversation at the end, but also some big-time plays on third and long, like third and 11, third and 12, touchdown dimes that you're getting from Drake May. And the defense, while they haven't been accumulating a lot of sacks like they did against South Carolina with the Gamecocks having a bad offensive line, those interceptions were pressure, and they had two sacks against Minnesota and both of the turnovers on those throws that Carolina had. It was because they were able to make the quarterback feel uncomfortable in the pocket. So the defense, while it might not be as good as they were week one, let's not get it too twisted, in my opinion, to say they're as bad as they were last year because it can only go up from what they were last year. They were so poor. Duke is still number two, uh, the best team in the Carolinas. Duke number two in the ACC. I would agree with you as well. They've got UConn coming up this week. They should move to 4-0. Riley Leonard, as we said, maybe not the gaudy numbers that we would expect from him, but he's still getting it done, and he's got Duke uh, in the top 25, and they're playing really good football. And you look at what, what he did Saturday. Not the gaudiest numbers in the world, 219 yards passing, but 97 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. He had a couple of sick runs. He talked about how he was going to go apologize to his receivers after the game because he wants to get them the ball more, get them some more touchdowns. So I think those passing numbers are going to come. I think Duke has been doing, uh, you know, what they need to do as far as offensively. That running game, Jordan Waters and the crew, they look really good. But they still have the best win of any of the teams in this state so far because North Carolina's undefeated. The Demon Deacons are undefeated. NC State's 2-1. and one. They played a very good Notre Dame team. But Duke right now still has on their resume they knocked off a then top 10 Clemson. We're going to find out where Clemson is at this point on Saturday with the nose coming to town. But I'm going to go with Duke as well. Fitty, do you have an answer in here as well? I, I would still go with Duke just because the way that it, it, it looks, right? They, they've looked more complete. They've looked more... I guess, toll, if you will, as a team because Carolina's score margin, very impressive on Saturday. 31-13, really controlled the game throughout, but in theory, the game should have been over at halftime. Um, and that's what you know Duke has done to teams outside of the Clemson game where they had to win the game in the second half. So I still think when the two teams meet in November, North Carolina will beat them, but today... I have no problem saying that Dukes looked better through three weeks. All right, so now when we move on and talk about the Charlotte 49ers, Coach Poggi, man, the bravado that we heard at the beginning of the season starting to temper down just a little bit. This defense has allowed 1,093 total yards and 79 points in the last two games. The offense is yet to break the 20-point threshold against an FBS program. I mean, Saturday when you talk about the game against Georgia State, 566 total yards surrendered and 41 points, including 461 yards through the air, 14.4 yards per attempt. I mean, that's like us going out there playing pitch and catch with one another. 243 of those yards came after the catch. So that means you're not tackling anybody. Okay. So when you look at this experiment with Coach Poggi, he's brought in all these players. He pretty much flipped the defense around, all new personnel. How patient should Charlotte fans be? Where's Walker Mail today with the Coach Poggi era, and how patient do you want to tell 
49er Nation to be with Coach Coach? Um, I'm still patient after just three games, but also I didn't want the defense to perform like they did. The offense playing the way it did, I'm not too terribly surprised. We know how bad the offense had been even in their opening win at the beginning of the season. But with their defense allowing 41 points, 466 yards passing, only six incompletions, Wes, and they're throwing the ball way downfield. 97-yard touchdown reception, 78-yard reception for Lewis and Williams for Georgia State. You had two guys that went for over 220 yards, 129, and the ball was spread out. It's not like they were just picking on one specific matchup. They're going across the board, and there wasn't a lot of pressure on Georgia State. So, yeah, that was a bad defensive performance that I certainly did not expect. Offensively, you have an interesting quarterback battle with Trexler Ivy and Jalen Jones. Ivy, a much better passer than what we've seen from Jalen Jones. I know Biff Pogey, not exactly thrilled with the way that he was taking sacks, but Ivy is more accurate. If he does have time in the off, but with the offensive line, I think he will find the open man and was hitting some guys in stride, did have the interception, but also had a touchdown pass. The offense is going to be interesting to see here, Wes, but defensively, oh boy, Biff Pogey went scorched earth after this game with a lot of the comments. Not happy at all with his coaching staff. Yeah, and I think that this is a program Charlotte fans, they still need to be patient with them. I still think it will take a coach a couple of years, get some more talent in, get those guys ingrained into the system. So I think for him, even though he had a lot of roster turnover, it's still going to take this team some time. And frankly, they just don't have the quarterback play right now to really uh, give people that, that scare that they need and to support the defense a little bit more. And I think it's kind of wash, rinse, repeat. And I think that's why we prompted this question to be able to ask that because it's like it feels like it's wash, rinse, repeat with what you had last year from this team, just bad defense not enough offense and so it looks like it's turning that way and you can't really blame it on will healy recruits because this has been an all-new set of guys that he has brought in but i still think charlotte fans should be patient i think this is a good coach for this job and i think they'll figure things out because he said he wants to make things simple we'll see as the games come and then the clemson tigers lastly they finished plus three in the turnover margin they won a turnover margin for the first time this season because we know that's been big trouble for them and for the first time since the acc championship game they have four takeaways k club nick have four uh total touchdowns on the day or tdr whichever you prefer but did this win saturday make us feel like that they learned that they learned their lesson from the duke laws and that they're ready for fsu come saturday at noon I don't know if they learned their lesson at all. I'm just glad that they were able to take care of business. I think if there's any lesson that they learned, it's to not allow Charleston Southern to stay in the game, right? Like Florida Atlantic, you put them away early. You get off to what in the first half is a 34 to nothing lead. Okay, good. Now we can chill a little bit in the second half. Maybe even Clemson, you don't want to chill because of the way that this season has gone on. But in week two, we were all on upset alert for Clemson and then possibly falling to 0-2 to start the season before they go crazy in the second half enough to score close to 60 points if there's any lesson i think they learned from what happened in week two because they were able to just put florida atlantic away right off the rip you let Cade klubnik cruise you sit him hunter helms goes in and throws a couple of passes three touchdowns for klubnik had a 90 qbr so no bad interceptions like we saw from week two yeah i think clemson was able to just okay we're, we're back in the sense that we're not going to flirt with some of these lower tier teams but i still don't have a ton of confidence when they go up against big boys yeah after 
scoring only seven points against Duke, they've scored at least 40 points in consecutive times for the first time since last season's games against Louisiana Tech and Wake Forest. But to answer your question, hell no, because they haven't played anybody right. yet. So, no, I'm, I'm not buying it yet. I want to see them play against good competition and see how it turns out because we know K. Klubnick, the bad mistakes that he made against Charleston Southern – of course, it came out against Florida Atlantic. That game was just, it looked like a scrimmage from the beginning. They just dominated that game from the first snap until the last. I'm not buying any of it. They definitely were uh, well above their class when you talk about Clemson in comparison to Florida Atlantic. So, no, this Saturday is the tail of the tape. Where's Clemson? Are they a really good team like we thought they could be coming into the season? Or is this a team that's a fraud and is going to go to a lower-tier bowl and people are going to really start to develop questions about what the Clemson program is? McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio, 92.7, WFNZ. Panthers lost a tough one last night to the New Orleans Saints. Keep the text coming, 704-570-9610. Hit up those socials. We got plenty of them, but for now, most importantly, hit up the Wesson Walker page on Twitter. We got a cool reel for you breaking down what we thought of Carolina's game last night. That and a whole lot more we bring you every single day but now it is time to go to the campus corner all right going back to saturday you know we piece this thing out every day of the week and talking about wake and old dominion and the demon deacons going forward they had 20 unanswered points in the second half a program record 10 sacks they got their first road win of the 2023 season over old dominion they trailed by as many points in this football game, but I never got nervous, not being arrogant, but you know, I just felt like that eventually they would get this thing together. The victory mark wakes 12 straight win over a non-conference opponent, which is the second longest streak in the country. They only trail the Georgia Bulldogs who have won 19 straight out of conference contests, but defensively, man, guys were getting after it. The starting linebackers, red shirt sophomore Dylan Hazen and senior Jacob Roberts, who was an All-American at North Carolina A&T, those two combined for 22 tackles, six tackles for loss, and four sacks. Jacob Roberts had three of those sacks. Jacine Davis had three sacks. So the question is, Mitch Griffiths on the afternoon, over 300 yards passing, three touchdowns on the day, but he definitely had some nasty turnovers. Did you feel like that he came of age in this football game and his Wake's defense fool's gold or real gold or old gold like they call our colors on the pants and other things? 
I don't feel comfortable even entertaining saying that he came of age in this game. Okay. Against Old Dominion, who had been allowing quite a bit of points going into this contest. Against Virginia Tech, which, yeah, Virginia Tech is another ACC school, but we know that Virginia Tech is not the Virginia Tech Hokies of old. They allowed over 30 points to them. They allowed over 30 points to Louisiana. And Wake Forest has Mitch Griffiths going 24-41 with a couple of interceptions and 312 yards where you're down a decent amount. I mean, you're 17. You don't score in the first half whatsoever. Now, you score 27 points all in the second half. But it was dicey to me. Granted, I was at the Charlotte game, so I was refreshing the game cast, trying to keep an eye out on every ACC game out there. But to win by a field goal against ODU when Mitch Griffiths doesn't do much in the first half and you throw a couple of interceptions against that kind of opponent that wasn't even playing good defense in the first two weeks, yeah, I don't think Mitch Griffiths played well. And by the way, way wrong. If you'll notice, I thought Mitch Griffiths might have the best performance of all the quarterbacks over the weekend. And I think that is fair to say it wasn't even close to being true. The thing I'll say about Mitch Griffiths is this, especially being a young guy starting for the first time, especially being on the road. Some of those turnovers were nasty, especially the one that he had, uh, the fumble that he had late in the second quarter that Old Dominion ran all the way back for a touchdown. He had some bad interceptions, but for him to be able to keep his wits about him, come back late in that football game, make the plays needed to win the game. Now, you don't want to see this every single week, and it's not something that I'm, you know, I'm wondering, is this going to be a trend or is this just something that he will grow from? Because I felt like within that football game, he did grow because he came back to make the requisite plays, albeit off of the defense, making some great plays late too to win that game. But this is definitely something you don't want to see. And then something I'm interested in, and I'm going to go fool's gold a little bit on Wake Forest. And hey, man. Ever since even I was there, we never had a defense that's just a sack meister type of team with guys just dominating and the pass rush just being overwhelming for guys. Ten sacks on the afternoon for them. That's a program record and 12 tackles for loss. They definitely came to play in this football game, but I don't expect to see this every week. In fact, I don't even expect to see this on a regular basis from this team. Now, they were decent at rushing the passer last season, but to think that you're going to get numbers close to this, uh, because obviously you're not going to get 10, but even five, six sacks per game oh, yeah. from the Wake Forest defense, I'm going to go fool's gold on that until they show me more. Oh, 100%. I, I think up up until this weekend against Georgia Tech, which is starting to put some things together after the last couple of years, I think the other three games you're not throwing out of the window by any means. Like we, we can take Mitch Griffiths looking better for the most part or look, looking good for the most part. I, I believe in Mitch Griffiths. I believe in Wake Forest. What we've seen from Dave Clawson has been something you can replicate every single season, but the fact of the matter is, their beginning of their schedule is Elon, Vanderbilt, and Old Dominion. Uh, now, we're starting in and getting into the tougher competition against Georgia Tech, Clemson, even on the road against Virginia Tech and Pittsburgh. The second half is going to be really rough for Wake Forest. It's certainly a first-half type of schedule for them, but we're starting to get into the games where we can really evaluate what Wake Forest is all about. All right, so a bit of a double barrel here when we talk about two programs, App State and East Carolina, definitely two programs going in different directions. App improved to 7-1 and one in its last eight games. In the next game, after facing an App, an AP top 25 opponent. They're 3-1 and one when winning the turnover battle since 2018, including a 17-1 and one mark with Sean Clark. 
as the head coach. They've started the season with three straight 40-plus point performances for the first time since 2010. And the last time that happened, they finished 10-3 and and were Southern Conference co-champions. Nate Noel rushed for 178 yards and a touchdown. Joey Aguilar, who I chose to have uh, a great day against that defense, threw for 241 yards and three touchdowns. Safe to say, he seems to have locked that job down. Also had a rushing touchdown. App gave up just 14 points. They held ECU to 79 yards rushing in the game. So two things here. Is App State on the right track with Aguilar really starting to play good football? This defense really stepped up. And what the hell is East Carolina going to do? They're now 0-3. Can Mike Houston survive the season? Yeah, this one's going to be rough. I know Salty Pirate is being pretty, well, salty on the text line. He's saying <laughs> Old Dominion is a solid program. Y'all don't give enough cred to regional schools outside of the ACC and the SEC. I've picked Charlotte to win every single game. Thank you very much. <laughs> and that is not because of my homerism or Charlotte being alma mater. Or maybe it is. Uh, he did say, I know Greenville may have a Mike Houston problem. Yes. Yeah, it's it's a bad start. And I think Mason Garcia, the quarterback we talked about at the very beginning of our launch of Team Week, has not been very good. I saw some texts last week saying, yeah, I thought Mason was going to be good. Doesn't look like that's going to be the case here. So with a school that has a pretty good quarterback history, it doesn't look like they have that right now. And they're suffering where I thought it was going to be a closer game. And there's App, App State just being able to cover the way that they did winning a big matchup. Did you have thoughts on this game? I've got news. Oh! I know we're in the campus corner, but it is a Panther Tuesday after a Panther Monday. Frank Reich, he's meeting with the media right now. Jack Thompson underwent surgery for a fractured fibula, Ooh, oh and he no. is now expected to miss the rest of the 2023 season. Hate Frank, to see that, man. Big-time leader off that defense gone. Frank Reich told us that it was significant after the game last night. I didn't realize it was going to be season-ending significant. So just to focus on this for a quick moment, this could be the end of Shaq Thompson's tenure? Could be. Because we talked about possibly shipping him off because of the whole contract thing. Now you bring him back. We thought it was necessary because we didn't love the linebacker depth. I thought Kamu Gruje-Hill, I don't know if you agree, or Kamu Gruje-Hill, I thought he played pretty well. I think He, he came in and made some plays, no doubt. Yeah, and I think a respectable linebacker filling in for somebody like Shaq Thompson. But it's unfortunate the injuries have hit this Panthers team damn hard. So now you have Austin Corbett, which we were all prepared for, but he's out at least for another two weeks. Hopefully he comes back as soon as he's eligible to. Chandler Zavala is filling in for Brady Christensen. Did not have a good game by any stretch of the imagination last night. Brady Christensen out for the rest of the year. J.C. Horn out for what could be a lot of the year. Now Shaq Thompson expected to miss the regular season. Man, not only are they suffering injuries, Wes, but these guys are suffering long-term injuries to where if you do come back with some of these guys... They're coming back like week 12 when damage is already done. Yeah, and obviously this is not college where you can have four and five star guys just waiting in the background. This is the NFL. You definitely have to have uh, help. And so KGH came in and he definitely looked admirable in his role that he played last night. But now we're going to see how it's going to go when you're the big man in the chair for the rest of the season. But the attrition, man, it's going to hit everybody. Unfortunately, it's hitting Carolina where it hurts right now. And so uh, going back to the college game, real quick as we finish up the campus. Bring it back. 
talking about uh, South Carolina and Georgia. But South Carolina, do we feel like that this is a team based off what we saw against the Bulldogs that can actually bloom more as the season goes along? They had a 14-3 lead at the break. But then in the second half, Georgia turned it on. They managed just 129 yards over the final two quarters. Talking about South Carolina, Spencer Rattler, after having a really good first half, was held to 6-24 of passing for 104 yards with two interceptions. The Georgia offense got going. They scored touchdowns on three of its first four possessions of the second half. And so uh, they had a really good second half, but the Georgia fans started to boo during that game. So do we feel like, though, with South Carolina, are they getting closer to being the team they were over the second half of last year? Is this a team based off what we saw at Georgia that we feel like can get better as the season goes along and end up uh, maybe salvaging some things and having a decent season? Well, I'm not sure. So the broken bone in Juice Wells' foot, I believe that's the injury that he suffered. Do we have a timetable for him? Is he even going to come back? I know a broken bone in your foot, that means a long time. Uh, I know, I know. Here we are talking about the injury with some of the Carolina Panthers. And so it doesn't look good. And now how good are you feeling about Spencer Rattler? I, I actually, I'm starting to see some consistent play from him, right? Like He's that doing was a, all he can. Yeah, man. I agree. I agree. And that was a big question mark for me. And he's picking up where he left off last season. So actually I'm giving kudos to Spencer Rattler. But the offensive line isn't good. And if you've got weapons going down, Wes, I don't know if I can put a lot of faith into this team. And it doesn't mean I don't have faith in a guy like Shane Beamer. I thought you did a very nice job, certainly in the first half. But, you know, it's going to be tough. I, I I hope that they're able to figure things out. I want South Carolina to be good. I think it's good for the area. I, I like Gamecocks fans getting rowdy. It, it makes the rivalry, the border war at the beginning of the season, that much more fun when they're each program is highly anticipated. But, you know, hopefully they're able to figure this thing out with some of the injuries that they've suffered and the lack of protection they're giving to a quarterback that's doing all he can. Would have been really intriguing to see what South Carolina would have done had the weather not changed as well. It really started to rain, you know, for a passing football team. The rain is not ideal. But this was a team that showed some fight, especially on the road. They didn't give up, and things just kind of turned against them. And you're going up against the Georgia Bulldogs. Who knows what Kirby Smart said to those guys at halftime. But this is a team I feel like that is very one-dimensional. They still need to find some balance. I feel like I may have to adjust uh, my win total on them because I know preseason I had them winning around eight games, but they just seemed a little bit too one-dimensional and too many holes that they had to fit. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The web. 
Classic Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Hit that text line, folks, 704-570-9610. Hit up those socials. Hit that follow button. There are a lot of them, but for now, I'm just going to give you the most important one, which is at Wesson Walker on Twitter. You can give him the second most important one. The second most important, WFNZ, Twitter, and Instagram. You can give him the third most important one. Okay, then after that. it's it's We know what it is. Tell that, him. <laughs> at Wesson Walker, at Walker Mail, no. at Westbride underscore 72. That's, that's the most important. And at ACB underscore Josh. Hit the follow button on all of them, man. Just hit it You know, while you're eating your uh, burger, Whopper, whatever you got going, man. Just... Uh, you know, do that. Did you ever go uh, experience the National Cheeseburger I Day sure thing? I sure did. When I ran out the house, I had to go run some errands. It was very late. It was after the show, but I was so hungry. <laughs> I went ahead, downloaded that McDonald's app because I thought I had an eye appointment and it ended up falling through. So otherwise, I would have stopped after work. But yeah, okay. long story short, got that 50 cent uh, McDonald's double cheeseburger. Fiddy, you had something. Late you, afternoon. You, did you say that you did experience National Cheeseburger Day or not? No, I was just coming after you because he put it in the group chat. And it was just another example that you don't pay attention to what gets put in the play us against each other. In the text thread. Because he, he told us, it was while y'all were having your um your weird argument during the Panthers-Saints yeah, game. It wasn't an argument. Yes, it, oh, yes, it was. <laughs> it was Derek Carr, uh, yeah. the Derek Carr and conversation. Grandison, yeah, and Grandison. <laughs> and he just like slipped it in. He's like, I also went got my cheeseburger after the show. Yeah, no doubt. All right, since we I didn't did have... not see the cheeseburger comment. <laughs> <laughs> and since we did not have it yesterday, let's get right to it. The campus. Kona. All right, man. This is the mother load of college football games this weekend. And when you talk about ACC football this weekend, it doesn't get better. Then Florida State and Clemson. Clemson definitely going to be looking for redemption after their season opening loss to Duke. The nodes are coming into the town as hot as fish grease right now. Clemson definitely has to be on high alert. So let's start to break this thing down just a little bit. Clemson has won seven straight matchups against the Seminoles. These two programs have accounted for 13 ACC championship game appearances and 11 ACC titles. The Clemson Tigers are looking to score 45 points for a third consecutive game. The first time since a six-game streak in 2019. They haven't allowed, they didn't allow a sack in their last football game. Granted, it was against Florida Atlantic. I get it. Cade Klubnick has thrown or been responsible for four touchdowns in two consecutive games. He's looking to make that a third. Home team has won 15 of the last 20 games in this series. Florida State's only win at Clemson since 2001 was in 2013. But the nodes are coming in very strong, as I said. They're looking to extend their win streak to nine games, or they are at a win streak of nine games, longest active streak in the ACC, fourth longest in the country. Their 142 points through three games are the most since 2012. And yet, if you want to beat the Seminoles, you better start fast. They scored on their opening drive of a half in nine straight halves. In the six half opening drives this season, Florida State has scored four touchdowns, two field goals. They allowed zero tackles for loss, including sacks in their win versus Boston College. And the Florida State defense has faced 21 plays inside their 10-yard line this season and allowed just five touchdowns. This is going to be a monumental matchup. 
And so when you look at the Clemson Tigers, how much goodwill could this bring back to this program if they are able to knock off the Seminoles? This would do a lot, I think. I think this is the kind of game that you need to win. If you've looked this bad so far against Duke, a respectable opponent, you have a bad first half against Charleston Southern. I was speaking with one Clemson fan earlier today. They're like, yeah, I might give them four good quarters of football, and that's about it. (laughs) A win against Florida State, which, yes, in the second half, they did not keep their foot on the gas against Boston College. It felt like typical, not trap game stuff, but it felt typical, all right, we're not It could have been could have been looking ahead. Yeah, right. I, I agree with that. So I, I hate to do that because we always disrespect the opponent mm-hmm. that actually puts up a fight, but that's just how I feel about Florida State. I think they're too talented. If Clemson pulls this off, even at home, if they beat that Seminoles team that looks so good against a very respected team in LSU, I think it will win a lot of the 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 fifty fifty guys back and say okay Clemson you know they had a bad opener but now I feel like they can really cause some damage yeah and so fantastic you brought that up because I remember going up to Durham for the Duke game and I caught a couple of Clemson fans in the lobby at a hotel and I was asking them how they felt about the game against Duke and they were very iffy I hadn't heard Clemson fans sound like that in quite some time they were like well. Yeah, man, uh, I don't know. And so exactly that's the how thing. Guy sounded, yeah. Is this the game that we've doubted Clemson the most in the recent Dabo era? Because coming into this game on paper, it looks like this could be Florida State all the way full throttle. Yes, I think so. I don't know when I've ever doubted Clemson this much. And when it happens for two straight years where you don't look like the normal Clemson, then you start to have some real doubt set in because you can get over that. Oh, it's all an outlier. It's not the real Clemson. They'll be just fine. You can get over that after one year. But then when you are supposed to be setting the tone, you're supposed to be saying, hey, we're back and we're back in a big way. And you get beat like you did against Duke and you have a couple of mistakes and Kay Klubnik doesn't look great. And the wide receivers talk about lack of separation. I mean, they're just manning them up and they're not doing a great job gaining any type of ground. Then, yeah, there's going to be some real legitimate doubt set in, not only from the Clemson haters, but the Clemson fans, such as you and I talked about. Fiddy, how much are you doubting the Tigers in this matchup or are you doubting the Tigers? I haven't. No, I don't think I am. I think I'm going to pick them to win the game because on the flip side, like if Florida State wins this game, they're, they've arrived, they're back. And I don't know if I trust Mike Norvell that much yet. I know he's beaten LSU back-to-back years, but I don't know if they're ready to go into Death Valley. I know it's a nooner, but that place is going to be rocking. I don't know if Florida State's ready to do this just yet. And so when you look at some of the moves that have been made this week in a move that doesn't happen very often, Clemson has added a kicker from basically off the beach to start in this matchup. And so he added a player... That is Jonathan White, former walk-on kicker. It's his second stint with the program. He was on the roster from 2019 to 2022 behind the star kicker, B.T. Potter. He never attempted a field goal and was 3-for-3 on PATs this season. And so Dabo said, quote, we went to the bullpen and called him off the beach. He said, we just need a little bit of maturity at kicker so the Tigers are worried after starter Robert Gunn III missed an extra point and a 31-yard field goal in Saturday's game versus FAU. And I remember Dabo's body language after those kicks were missed, and he was not 
feeling it. And so that's wild to see a college team add a player a few games into the season. Kicker is the position you can do it. I think it was Brett Bielema. I think this is the guy who once was asked, so what do you do with your kicker? What's your messaging to him now that he's been struggling the past couple of games? And Brett says, what do you mean? He's a key, he's a kicker. You leave him the bleep alone and you let him figure it out. And if he doesn't figure it out, we get a new one. <laughs> like That's just how yeah. it is. So they went out and they got a new one. And we'll see if he's going to be the guy that you can depend on in tight situations. If you need a couple of field goals to set yourself up well later on in the game. But yeah, it is kind of weird to see a player of this importance. It does make sense, though, at this position. And so getting on to the Duke Blue Devils, still watching shows, still seeing things online with people not quite paying Duke the respect that we may feel like they deserve but this is a conversation they've got UConn coming up this weekend they've got a chance to move to 4-0 they destroyed Big Ten foe Northwestern they've got the Clemson win under their belt that I still feel a lot of people are like oh well Clemson gave them the game and different things of that nature but give you a couple of superlatives on the Blue Devils they start fast as well. They're now 17-2 and when they score a touchdown on its opening possession since the start of 2017. They improved to 10-0 and when scoring first under Mike Elko. He's now 12-4 and through the first 16 games of his tenure in Durham, making the best 16-game start to a head coaching stint in school history. Duke doesn't necessarily beat themselves, so when Clemson fans try to talk about the turnovers, this is the M.O. of Duke's football team. They've won the turnover battle 11 times under Mike Elko, 9-2 and two during that stretch. They rushed for five touchdowns in their last matchup, and their defensive unit has posted uh, consecutive contests holding an opponent under 300 yards of total offense. But when you look around the country, especially when you listen to people talk ACC football, still not quite the respect that we may feel like Duke has deserved by beating a team like Clemson in its opening game. So, Walker, do you still think they're being disrespected, and do you think Duke stands a chance for maybe a letdown as they look ahead to Notre Dame, who they will play in two weeks? No and no. I think Duke is not being all that disrespected, and I do think they're going to take care of business against UConn, so I don't think they're in for a letdown. The reason I don't think they're being disrespected is – they jumped up three spots in the past rankings. You know who fell a spot, and you know the program the Duke passed. Mm -hmm. It's Colorado, who could not be getting any more respect whatsoever, and yet the rankings are coming in and saying that Duke has actually passed Colorado, I guess because of the overtime victory that they had. It was a little too close for comfort for the people voting on this thing. I don't think Duke is being disrespected. I think we gave them a lot after their week one opener against the Clemson Tigers. I don't think they've played massive competition, but they have t taken care of business in each of those two games, and they're the 18th ranked team in the country. I have no problem with the way that Duke is ranked right now. They keep on winning, then they'll keep climbing up those rankings, especially, as you mentioned, when they take on Notre Dame in a couple of weeks. Even UConn. I mean, if, if they win by, what, two touchdowns, three touchdowns against UConn, probably will jump up again in the rankings. So I think they're respected at the right amount. Yeah, I think that... It's a situation because I heard, especially on certain networks, they were talking about who's the number two team in the ACC. And I heard uh, Miami being thrown out. And I heard, uh, I think, I forgot who the other team they said. But there was just, I just feel like Duke isn't still quite getting the respect that they deserve. Obviously, you have to keep on winning. 
But I think that this is a team that is for real. Like I said, they do have Notre Dame coming up in two weeks. So the college football slate, when you look at the marquee games in the ACC, and we're going to get to a lot more college football talk later in the show. But the Duke Blue Devils, like I said, they have a great matchup with Notre Dame in a couple of weeks that will be very intriguing to say the least. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. to you on a Friday. This is the Weston Walker Show Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Keep the text coming. You already know. Hit that follow button on social media. We hit you with the question of the day. You get to see the antics. You get to see the war cries. Okay, we put those on there for you to see to inspire you every Wednesday as well. You can hit up the WFNZ Twitter and Instagram. Most importantly, the Wesson Walker Twitter page at Wes Bryan underscore 72 at HTB underscore Josh and at Walker Mail on Twitter and Instagram. You know what time it is. It's a huge Saturday. Let's not delay this anymore. Let's get to the campus. Kona. All right. Let's get to it, fellas. This weekend, when you talk about a slate of games, I mean, does it get any better? You start off at noon, Florida State and Clemson. For the Charlotte fans out there, you get Charlotte and Florida. You got also on the slate, Alabama and Ole Miss. That's a big game for Bama to see if they can bounce back. You got Oregon State and Washington State on the slate. Ohio State and Notre Dame. Iowa and Penn State in another ranked matchup. You get Caleb Williams at night at 1030 playing against Arizona State. You also get Michael Penix playing California. California's 2-1. and one on the season. You get that at 10.30. So get your your notos, your coffee, whatever you need, man, so you can stay up and get these games in your system. And oh yeah, you're going to say Wes, you forgot one. But no, I didn't. I sure didn't. At 3.30 you get the fighting Deion Sanders is going up to Outson in one of the loudest most raucous environments to take on top 10 Oregon ranked number 10 to be exact. What are our individual most must-see games for tomorrow? Walk, I'll start with you. It's got to be Oregon, Colorado. Yeah, man. And to me, even in this slate, which is no doubt impressive all across the board, this is the time where it's going to be hard to doubt Colorado anymore if they win. Top 10 matchup on the road. With Shador Sanders, now Travis Hunter is hurt. You'll have that excuse if you are a Colorado believer and they don't win this game or if they get beat down. But this is it. I mean, this is the team 
Colorado was drawing the most viewers of any college football program when you're talking about the biggest jump from what they were last year or what they used to be to what's happening right now. They are the biggest story week to week in college football. There's no doubt about it, especially with some of these falls from the other teams, right? Alabama being as bad as they've been in quite some time. So they don't have to make that leap over in Alabama. Alabama's already coming back down to them. Clemson, they're out of the top 25. So you're getting help from some of the teams that have dominated the sport for the last 5, 10 years beyond. Colorado, Oregon on the road. We're going to figure out how real they are. They're 3-0. and I, I'm not going to – for me, they're 3-0. and I'm already excited about what they're going to do. But when it comes to, well, this isn't a college football playoff team. Maybe Shador Sanders isn't even competing with a Drake May as far as a college football prospect goes. If they beat Oregon, that's going to be a monster win for them to where you cannot deny what Deion Sanders is going uh, – is what he's doing right now at that university. Joshua, what – is your game of the week because we know you said you're going to be sitting in underwear eating wings. So what <laughs> is going to be that. your game of the week? Yeah, no, tomorrow I'm bringing the third television into the room. That's how many games we got going on. I'll be locked into Oregon, Colorado, like the rest of the country. The answer, though, is Ohio State and Notre Dame, two premier programs uh, meeting in South Bend. I'm really disgusted with the uniforms that Notre Dame was pulling out for this game. The green jerseys, They're bringing out huh? the You're not greens. a big fan of that, wear, huh? Wear your traditional home uniforms. But, I mean, I think for this game, this could be the first really big win of Marcus Freeman. Ohio State has questions at quarterback. I think that's going to be a game that has major playoff implications for both teams. So that game will be on at the same time Carolina's kicking Pittsburgh's ass. All right, well, that's one way to put it. But then uh, also, when you talk about Oregon and Colorado, to me, that's a no-brainer. But I'm going to keep it ACC as well. I'm very much looking forward to Florida State and Clemson. And as much as I hate that it's not a late game, I'm kind of glad that it's starting the day off. We get right to it. There's no messing around. Florida State and Clemson, this is a huge matchup. Is Clemson back? Did they learn from what happened at Duke? Because I know the Tigers are going to be itching, at least I think so, to come out and shoot that they are still the big dogs in this league or at least still a big dog. Florida State coming in number four. This is their chance to really shut Clemson down and show this is our league this year. Clemson, this is our world and you just live in it. So this is going to be huge. Jordan Travis, this is going to be a big game for him. We talked about the Heisman race last season or the Heisman race this season being perhaps the greatest ever and so for him, if he wants to get his name into that hat in New York, if there's any shot for him to do so, this is one of those games that he needs to go in and win on the road. We know the weather, it should be decent. It's starting to get to that crisp fall weather, so it shouldn't be too hot. But we know those Clemson fans are going to be fired up, so that's going to be a fantastic game. Do you guys have, uh, no, I'm putting you on the spot a little bit, any picks for those games that you guys picked for, the, uh, for your big game that you want to watch do you, who do you think will win said game i think oregon beats colorado i do i think colorado is very good i do think we're talking about nebraska's offense being so poor and it was the second half before colorado separated themselves i think in this game against colorado state even if it was personal that was still a game that went to overtime before they were able to pull it off it doesn't mean that i look it's still already impressive it's still already crazy and shador sanders is the real deal gonna be a top five pick if Dion will allow Shador to enter the NFL draft, <laughs> but it doesn't look like he will, and we'll see if Shador abides. All that to be said, he's still 
a top five prospect if he enters the NFL draft. All that being said, I do think Oregon ends up winning that game. Yeah, and so when you look at this Oregon-Colorado game, the last time Colorado has beaten Oregon was in 2016, and they also need to protect Shador. Colorado's given up 16 sacks on the season so far. So, yeah, man, I mean, they're going to have those duck calls going. It's going to be loud, and I think this is a huge test for Colorado because, like I said, this is going to be their first, like, really, really raucous road environment. I know TCU was tough as well, but Austin definitely has – a reputation as being one of the louder stadiums in America. If they get down early like they did uh, to Colorado State, this is going to be a interesting matchup to see how they respond to any adversity. They should come into an AI plus 21 underdog in this game. So uh, Vegas definitely thinks that uh, Oregon's going to take care of business. Fiddy, what about you? What's what's your pick for your game? Well, we got our pick'em segment to end the show, but I'll go ahead and give my pick of the Oregon game. I think the Ducks win, but I do think Colorado covers. Well, I, don't I was think... saying for your game that you picked. Oh, okay. Well, you, you picked Colorado and Oregon, right? As your yeah, game but watch. then I guess for my game, I thought he said Notre Dame and Ohio. That is State. my game. I don't. I don't. Really, I don't know yet. That's why I got it at two forty-five when I'll make my decision. <laughs> I okay. think I think I'm leaning Notre Dame because the game's in South Bend. All right, and I'm definitely going to hold mine as well because Clemson Florida State that is one of our marquee local games. So I'll hold my pick uh, to the end. So of I'm the only game. one after that. Okay, <laughs> so right for the trap. I guess I was asking. No, the I'll go. I, okay, I'll I join in with it. you. You're Sorry. my partner. We're Riggs and Murtaugh, so I'm gonna jump in with you. I'm gonna go Florida State, and I think they win it decisively. Uh, I think Florida State. I feel like. Last week, they might have been overlooking Boston College just a little bit, ready to get to Clemson and play. I think those matchups out there on the edge for them at wide receiver. Keon Coleman, though, after that hot start against LSU, he had a touchdown against Southern Miss. He had a goose egg against uh, Boston College. Yeah, weird. They're going to look to get him back involved as well. And also, uh, Johnny – oh, God, I forget his name. Wilson. Johnny Wilson. He uh, he's he's been good this season, not quite as good as I thought he would. So we'll we'll see how it goes. But then App State though, going to Wyoming, and they've got uh, a funny little matchup on their hands. Now we know they battled with North Carolina, but the forecast for this football game calls for a high temperature of 63 degrees, 27 mile per hour winds though coming in this game, and the Mountaineers is only. Previous visit to Laramie back in 2004, the start of the game was delayed 33 minutes by lightning. So these guys cannot cannot avoid bad weather when they go up to play Wyoming. But since 2011, App State's 32 road wins ranked sixth nationally. They'll have to grind it out against Wyoming. It's unclear how much those conditions could affect that passing attack because we know Joey Aguilar has been playing Really good football. He's got nine touchdown passes. This tie for eighth in the country, 690 passing yards, and a little more than 10 quarters of work. So we know App uh, wants to definitely get out there and be able to toss the ball around. But that defense, man, they've got to be able to get that thing under control. But check this out, though. They're, they're officially allowing 30.7 points per game. But that number drops to 21.7 per 60 minutes from coordinator Scott Sloan's defense when taking away 13 overtime points from North Carolina and 14 points scored on defensive touchdowns by East Carolina. So isn't that uh, that that was so funny to me? I've never heard a stat like that before with them trying to create those uh, those caveats for why their defensive uh, scoring defense looks the way it looks. And then finally, when you talk about Wake Forest and we talked about them earlier uh, this week. Mitch Griffiths in that game had a lot of bad turnovers. Wake fans during the game were actually calling 
for a quarterback change to go to Michael Kearns. Dave Carlson shut that down this week. Talked about it in his weekly press conference. He said, Mitch is our quarterback. He is now 4-0 as a starter. He's playing pretty good football when you look at it statistically, but he definitely has some uncharacteristic and uncharacteristic and unacceptable turnovers in that football game. Did that game deter your faith in Mitch Griffiths and what type of quarterback he can be at all, Walker Mill? No, I still believe in them. I think they are a team that continues to churn out good QBs despite them moving on from previous good QBs. And I think Mitch Griffiths is that guy. Guys are allowed bad games. And he did enough in the second half to bring them back to a victory, even though it would have been a pretty bad loss. I know there's some respect for ODU. Sorry to Salty Pirate, who's about to hop in the text line. I apologize. (laughs) Mitch Griffiths, Wake Forest, they still need to win that football game. And they did after what was a bad first half. So, yes, I expect Mitch Griffiths to be a guy that we don't have any problems starting going forward. And real quickly on App State, I know they've thrown the football pretty well. Aguilar comes in and does a nice job after Berger goes down. But if you look at their rushing their rushing attack, mm-hmm. Nate Noel is outstanding. So Number one in the season. country in yards per game, rushing yards per game. I left that fact out. 75 carries on the year. Nothing less than 24. So 24, 26, 25. He is toting that thing. He's averaging 145 flat per game. We're just going back and forth. Let's just yeah. ping pong the stats all Jada the way Kiss around. Jada Kissing Styles P. All right, so here we are ping ponging it. Four <laughs> touchdowns on the year. One, two, and one. 7.7 yards per carry the last game. All that to say, they're going to be just fine running the football if the win gets too.